Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. Today, we begin a unit, Revelation chapter 17 and 18, Mystery Babylon the Great. And chapters 17 and 18 are God's judgment that is going to come upon something that St. John identifies as Mystery Babylon. And I'll start by reading in chapter 17 a few verses. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who is seated upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and with the wine of whose fornication the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and bedecked with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her fornication. And on her forehead was a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of harlots and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Revelation 17 and 18 are filled with incredibly different images confronting us. But before I get to that, I need to deal with a very widespread claim amongst fundamentalist Protestants and among a lot of those who are teaching the rapture at any moment theory. There's a widespread fundamentalist claim that the Catholic Church is this great harlot, this mystery Babylon the Great, or the great whore of Babylon. Now, this isn't anything really new in the sense of most of the Protestant reformers thought that the Pope was the Antichrist, namely the beast we're going to read about in chapter 17, and that we've already read about in chapter 13. Now, in the history of Protestantism, there are two books that have influenced scores of websites, other books that claim the Catholic Church is the great whore of Babylon. And I'm going to just share with you something I think is very significant, how you can kind of cut this off rather quickly. The two books are, the first is a book entitled The Two Babylons by Alexander Hislop, published in 1853. This is the original book that compared what was going on in ancient Babylon and the book of Revelation, claiming that the book of Revelation was saying that the Catholic Church was like a second Babylon, a pagan empire. And then in 1981, another very influential book really building on the work of Alexander Hislop and actually kind of summarizing and bringing it into the modern world, a man by the name of Ralph Woodrow published a book entitled Babylon Mystery Religion. Now, I am holding here the uh, an old copy of The Two Babylons by Hislop, published 
originally in 1853. It's now in its seventh edition, being promoted and quoted. And remember, Ralph Woodrow in 1981 kind of brought this all up to date, claiming that what is taught here in Revelation 17 and 18 is the Catholic Church. Now, Ralph Woodrow is a fundamentalist Protestant, but I regard him as a very remarkable man because his book was a book that basically influenced me. I wasn't sure if the Pope was the Antichrist or not. There were some friends in seminary, by the way, one of them is now a Catholic, who thought the Pope was the Antichrist, who was trying to influence other seminarians the same. And these are the two books that have influenced people, particularly Ralph Woodrow, because he's the most contemporary one. But the reason I think Ralph Woodrow is a remarkable man, he has completely disavowed his work. He said he made mistakes. He was comparing apples and oranges and claiming that the Catholic Church is Mystery Babylon and Revelation 17 and 18 was a mistake. And he published a new book showing the errors, not only of his book, but the original book, The Two Babylons. Now, you might say, wow, good, that's all over and done with. Sorry, but a lot of these rapture any moment Uh, mega publishers and movie makers and bloggers and YouTube creators, they're still quoting Ralph Woodrow's book that the author himself says, I was wrong. So (laughs) at least if you know that, you don't get thrown too far into left field, okay? What's going on in Revelation 17 and 18? It's describing a series of events leading up to the second coming of Christ. And Revelation 17 and 18 are a continuation of Revelation 16. Remember I told you to see these final chapters of Revelation holding together as a unit from different aspects. And Revelation 17 and 18 is dramatically different visual images conveyed to us through words, but it's still a continuation. Because if you look in the last chapter we looked at, Revelation 16, it talked about that great city Great Babylon. It was just that, that's it, a one verse reference to it. But then you get to 17, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls in Revelation 16 now shows him what we're going to see in Revelation 17 and 18. So these are connected. Now, there may be some first century events being referenced as precursors, although. I will say, I have looked into what the scripture scholars try to peg in the first century that this is talking about, and there's nothing but a confusing and conflicting pile of interpretations of what possible historical situations could be described. It's ultimately, particularly as we get to the end of Revelation, is talking about the end of history. And in Revelation chapter 17, we read about in verse 8, the beast. And we read about in verse 11, the beast. We read about in verse 12, the beast. We read about in verse 13, 16, and 17, the beast. The beast, as we learned back in Revelation 13, is the Antichrist. And despite whatever historical precursors are for the beast— because history is loaded. You could go way back into Genesis. You can go back as soon as World War II. Uh, You could say um, 
Hitler was a precursor of the beast. You could say Stalin and Mayo were precursors of the beast, but we're talking about a final antichrist. And those who try to peg this always in the past are in contradiction to the catechism of the Catholic Church. Let me say that one more time. Those who try to say these chapters and the other chapters of the book of Revelation, yes, it may have first century references prefiguring the final Antichrist in these final things, but by saying it's only first century stuff, they are contradicting the catechism of the Catholic Church. Let me read paragraph 675 of the catechism. This says, before Christ's second coming, okay, well, Christ's second coming hasn't come yet, and it's already the 21st century, so it can't be talking about the first century. Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial. Yes, there's many trials, but it's a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. And if you want to know what's kind of motivating me in doing Luke 21 radio, it's just so your faith isn't shaken, okay? And it's going to shake the faith of believers. I don't want you shaken. And then it says the supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist. 675 of the Catechism, this occurs before the second coming. It's already the 21st century, and it's the second coming hasn't happened yet. This can't be the first century, what it's talking about, if you think the catechism happens to be true. And it's the same teaching of St. Augustine, by the way. And then there's paragraph 677 of the catechism. It says, the kingdom will be fulfilled only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil. You want to find out about the final unleashing of evil? Revelation 13, Revelation 17, Revelation 19, and Revelation 20. And when it talks about the final unleashing of evil, it speaks of, in the footnotes, Revelation 13.8. Now, this is a little important because some of your very favorite Bible teachers are saying this is all first century stuff. The catechism saying, no, this is a final unleashing, and they reference Revelation 13.8. It says, all who dwell on earth, earth dwellers, that's book of Revelation's name for those who don't believe, all who dwell on earth will worship it, namely the beast, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb. Okay, that's what the catechism believes, and we saw that the beast is the Antichrist. Okay, catechism says before the second coming. In Revelation 17 and verse 8, it also says the dwellers whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel at the beast. Revelation 17, 8 is saying the same thing as Revelation 13, 8, which is the footnote for catechism 677. This is the final battle about world sovereignty. Now, you might ask, I'm just pulling back now, you know, like sometimes in a, in a movie, the camera does the real close-up, and other times it gets way back, so you get the overall perspective. We're going to dig into Revelation 17 and 18, but let's back the camera up and look at these, what I would just say, kind of like far-out visual images described here. Why such over-the-top descriptions of this corrupt world system of the Antichrist? 
Why does John use such vivid language, shocking language, you know, you know, filled with impurities of her fornication. She's a mother of harlots and the earth abominations. I mean, this is this is taking the juggler. It's 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 real strong, direct language saying how horrible this world system is. You know why? Because Catholics in those seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 were compromising with Mystery Babylon the Great, namely the, the wealth of the Roman Empire, the idolatrous worship of the emperor that went along with it, the trade guilds and the social pressure to go along with the flow and sacrifice to idols to be a part of a trade guild. Five of the seven churches in the book of Revelation were going for it. And this book for the first century Catholics, this chapter 17, along with 18, are designed to wake Catholics up, to, to shock them out. This is kind of like a Mel Gibson movie to shock you back to your senses. Well, if five-sevenths of the churches that were planted by the apostles were having problems and needed the shock therapy of Revelation 17 and 18, what about us today? I think we need the same shock therapy that these chapters provide. John is providing word pictures designed to shock Christians back to reality and back to fidelity. I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 115 of Luke 21 Radio. And in the coming couple of weeks, try to read chapters 17 and 18 at least three or four times, and we'll talk about specifics. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.